0: Hey, what's up, guys? It's DP, and we are back with episode four of Ducks on the Pod. Last week, we took a quick break, you know, due to the MLB All-Star Game, the draft, and, well, we work other jobs outside of this. So those grabbed us by the neck, kicked us in the teeth, and then spit in our face. But don't worry. We're back. We have a huge episode tonight. We have special guest interview with Jeremy Frank, also known as MLB Random Stats. Just a little note for y'all. We recorded the interview with jeremy first and we thought he was such a dude that we actually welcomed him on for the entire show so stay tuned for that additionally we want to give a huge welcome to our first two endorsements of ducks on the pod we've got olivia sappington and riley bertram olivia is the swiss army knife of yukon softball not only is she an icon but rumor has it she's the go to stores connecticut so there's that and also, Riley joins us as the king of the middle infield up in Ann Arbor with the Michigan Wolverines. And in my personal opinion, I think he's way cooler than his brother Burt. So, real quick, verbal hashtag, go big blue. Now, tonight's episode is going to be pretty straightforward. We're going to talk about the MLB All Star game, the home run derby, and the MLB draft. Now, I know you think I'm about to do an ad read for another minute or so, but that's totally not the case tonight. Tonight's about content and content only. So, without further ado, here's the greatest baseball podcast you hopefully ever will listen to. LFG, baby, let's ride.
1: For the first time since 1954, the Giants are world forever,
2: Welcome back, guys. We are back here with episode three. We took a week off last week. No, this is episode four. Episode four. God, man. Just restart it. We work so hard, I don't even know what episode we're on. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, we took a week off last week, y'all, for the All-Star week. and um let's jump right into it, boys. What do we think of the All-star game? We actually have a guest that we interviewed. Jeremy Frank is on with us too. He's doing it all.
3: We had so much fun interviewing him that, you know, he just joined the pod.
2: So much fun that we would just said, "Hey, join us for the rest. Um Jeremy, you were there in Denver. Uh, how's the uh, how's the All-star game? How's the home run Derby? You got any insight for us? Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, definitely up there in my ballpark
4: experiences. I was actually at I was at Burley's Perfect Game in two thousand nine, so I can't say it was like the most the coolest thing I've been at a ballpark, but it was it was really cool. Um, it was just fun. I also think that, like it was a little not like disappointing, but I think there were a lot of players that like weren't like perennial all-stars that were playing and like i think it'd been more fun to like see mike Troppy playing in that game and like all like mookie bats and like Degrom and whatever like it was a little unfortunate they were playing but it was still a lot of young talent it was really fun to see in one place like there are all these guys that you go for to like watch like if these guys like any of these all-stars are playing in like against your favorite team you go and like oh like we're gonna go watch this guy play the All Star Game is like we're gonna watch all these guys play, like all these guys that we would go to the ballpark to watch play. So it was a lot of fun.
2: Definitely, definitely. And so, one thing I'll bring up for the whole for the whole crew, I thought it was uh, I thought it was very odd that some of the Astros bowed out. Ironic, isn't it? Ironic, isn't it?
5: i don't blame them for not wanting to be a part of it you know if you're going to be in a dugout where everybody hates your guts i might have done the same thing
3: rightfully so dude jeremy brought up a good point about some of the players not playing and some of the guys in like zunino hit the home run obviously but then i see like mlb tweeting like mike zunino is good at baseball like that sub 200 am am i wrong right now he's hitting sub 200 well, that's, that's funny because uh,
4: that that line is like a suspicious family barbecue. They tweet that out every time he hits a home run.
2: family so. <laughs> Bar- What a great Twitter account.
4: Yeah, they, they have a thing where they like really like Mike Zunino and also like Reese Hoskins. They like tweet out like nice home run dude every time he hits a home run. I think that's kind of funny. But
2: Reese Hoskins is the man though. He, he's a guy. He's a guy. Yeah. So I don't
4: know. Mike Zunino, I mean, like he's good enough to be make the All-Star Games, but I don't know. I think they're not going to be like Mike's, and you know it's not good. Especially after he hits a home run in the All Star game, yeah, that's true. they gotta advertise their product somehow. They'll get they'll get crap if they if they don't advertise their product from everyone. So no, that they gotta do what they yeah. gotta do.
0: Yeah, that's true. And I just think it's funny how the AL the AL has won legit like twelve of the last 15, eight straight games, like. Is this even a surprise anymore? Like this isn't even fun. You know who's going to win in terms of betting and stuff like that, but
5: Yeah, I was uh I'm a big into betting and I was like, okay, this is the NL's year and then uh obviously it was wrong.
3: It's surprising to me. I mean, like it's not like yeah, there's maybe the talent there, but like the NL just the NL West in itself has stars everywhere, you know.
2: Literally. That's what I don't
4: get. So, obviously, it's not pointless from the betting perspective if there are always going to be guys that are betting on the other
2: team. That's true. That's true. Yeah, point there. Dude, Vladdy Jr. is insane. I mean, that ball he hit was mashed, dude. That was like the home run that I gave up to uh, Jordan Kozaki f- from Minnesota. Literally almost kind of the same one.
5: Whenever I see highlights of Vladdy hitting a home run, I I never see one that's like – Oh, is it going to get over the fence? Uh, barely got over the fence. It's just absolutely crushed.
2: It's punished.
5: It's, it's a it's go every single time from, from Vladdy. And I just, I don't know, I don't watch all their games, but I feel like I never see one that just, like, barely squeaks over the fence.
0: I mean, yeah, he literally almost killed Max Scherzer in his first at-bat, too. Like, legitimately almost killed him. Yeah, that would have been terrible. Dude, that, oh my, <laughs> that ball was smoked.
3: I guess we'll uh we'll I can kinda
0: transfer it into the home run derby. So um hold on, last thing, Bert, last thing. I wanna say this. Okay. Vladdy Jr. He I'm just gonna say his body physique. He's thick, man. Uh, Shohei Otani might be the face of baseball.
5: He lost thirty pounds. Come on.
0: He might Shohei might be the face of baseball, but Vladdy is definitely the ass. All right, let's move on. Whoa. I like that.
3: All right, that's true. You like that. Um home run derby. Uh, Gallo and Shohei.
6: What do we think, boys? Bums, suck bags, double machines.
5: I picked. I picked at Gallo beforehand, and I was very much disappointed. I thought he was going to put on a laser show, and he definitely uh, did not show up.
2: I think there was, uh, I think you could definitely see some nerves from Shohei. Not no lie.
5: Shohei put some respect on his name.
2: Shohei, Shohei, Tomato, Tomato. Shohei, more like no Shohei. Yeah, right cook.
0: Heard that. Heard that.
2: <laughs> I mean, granted he I yeah. I mean, after our talk last our heated talk last week, Shohei definitely has my respect now. Exactly. A lot of people are
0: questioning his makeup though, him and Joey Gallo's makeup. They can't perform under pressure.
3: <laughs> because of the Home Run Derby. Yeah, I'm sure they're picking up the makeup from that.
5: Okay, but if you think about it, you saw they said Shohei hasn't taken batting practice on the field all year, so that was his first time taking batting practice on the field.
6: Yeah, but that was his choice. I'm
5: just saying, I'm just saying what if, when you hear that he hasn't taken batting practice on the field all year, you can't be surprised when he's not, you know, performing to your expectations. That made a little bit more sense to me why he, he performed the way he did. 58
0: doesn't look quite like 98. All right, let's, let's move on. Let's go repeat champion Pete Alonzo, the true king of New York. He's the story. However, I have absolute devastating news, and this should never happen in America itself and the world. What he went, he wins the uh, the home run derby. An hour and a half, two hours later, he gets kicked out of a bar across the street because he was partying. Seriously, he literally was wearing the chain, and they kicked him out. Like they said, he wasn't allowed in there. Like
2: what?
5: How do you close down? A, how do you close down a bar in Denver when the All Star Weekend is going on? To the home run derby champion.
2: That's so disrespectful. It is.
3: Jeremy, what was it like? Was he just hitting just, I mean, just a laser show in person?
4: Oh, yeah. I was kind of mad because I was sitting in, I was sitting right by the right field foul pole. He had nothing by me, but um, he was sitting. We had good views of all of his homers because it was so far away
2: from us, but it was crazy. Dude, that guy was throwing absolute dime pieces every pitch, bro. Middle, middle high and in. Just absolutely money every time oh yeah
4: i was gonna say we uh funny story so we were me and my dad were on our way back from denver and like had the, probably the worst travel experience ever like just trying to get back like the power went out at the airport like whatever but we actually um i got a dm from this guy and i didn't read it very closely but he was saying like oh like we should like meet up at the airport so i'm like okay like sure like i have nothing else to do but turns out his dad was the guy that threw the through the derby it was joust and he was with them, so we, we like met him and everything it was
3: that's awesome
4: dude that's insane yeah it was sick he was the nicest guy like he was like so his kid is probably i don't know maybe like late 20s early 30s they're both on their way back from the all-star game his dad's going to new york to be with the match he's the manager right now because their manager's suspended but um he, and then his kid is uh like a college coach i think from what i was from what i got from him but yeah he was like super nice like he was telling my dad like oh you should be like so proud of like what your kid's doing oh, i don't know it was really cool and this guy was coming off like a bunch of media appearances from like what he was doing. It was crazy.
2: That's awesome. That's so cool. Nice. Yeah.
3: Yeah. He was on PMT the next day. The one thing I, uh, that was disappointed in the home run derby is no home runs in the rock pile. I went to a Rockies game this year. I sat in the rock pile and some like, you know, they might've been on, you know, a little bit of uh, some plants. These people sitting next to us, they literally brought rocks and piled them out there in the center field seats.
2: That's so messed up. Colorado's a weird state, bro.
3: Oh, so weird. They were like, we're in the rock pile. We're making a pile of rocks. And I was like,
2: what is going on out
3: here? But no home runs in the rock pile.
5: I think the, the most impressive thing that I took away from Pete Alonso's performance is what he was just like not getting tired. And then when he, whenever he took his timeouts, he was just jamming to the music they had going and he was just having a great time. And, you know, you could see other players, they were looking pretty tired, like uh, Trey Mancini. he That was really cool to see him go to the final. That was but sick. He was, like, not fatigued at all. And if you've ever taken batting practice in your life, uh, that's a really long batting practice to be taking, let alone hitting the ball that far and not get tired.
2: Seriously, I, was, I remember pitcher's batting practice in college, five swings and out, dude. I was done by four. If I didn't hit a bomb, it was over. There's a reason why I only partook once. Bomb. It's because I threw out my left shoulder
0: swinging the first time.
2: <laughs> I, I was. I remember that day vividly, bro. What a beautiful day at the ballpark. But I remember. I remember seeing you in Casey's office after. after the fact. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think the reason
3: he's the home run king, though, is he plays for money. He has more. Like, he actually has like skin in the game. Like, True. He's trying to. He's what is it? Double his salary, right? Can we be wrong?
2: I mean, roughly he makes 640 K this year and he made a million off of the home run derby. So
3: I wouldn't get tired if I'm playing for a million dollars. I'll just say that. A pitcher's beep's a little different
2: than a million. Exactly. I think his adrenaline was pumping. I don't that's what I another like that's another factor that people don't even I think like think about. Like this guy, they think he's in the ML they know he's in the MLB, but he's technically still in his rookie contract. This dude's about to get paid here in the next year. I'm kind of upset. I don't know about
4: you guys, but um, I really wish they the format was different for this year's derby. Like, don't get me wrong; it's fun to see the uh, the the race against the clock, whatever. Um, but I think with that course, I would have rather them had three minutes and then like whoever had the furthest home run in each one advance. Like, because you know, like there for MLB guys, like there's a difference between hitting the ball as far as you can and trying to hit a home run. Like for me, like I'd be trying to hit the ball as far as I can that would be the same thing as me trying to hit a home run. But these guys, like they don't have to hit it as hard as they can. Cause they're strong.
2: That's and, definitely like, fair.
4: Like MLB players, like they can, they're just trying to get it over the fence and they don't like as quick as possible. Like they don't need to hit as far as they can. I want to see how far the furthest home run, like when they're trying to just hit the absolute shit out of it without having it. Like, Cause like, if they're trying to hit as far as they can, they're going to miss a lot of them. Like they're going to hit some foul balls. They're going to swing and miss. um, Or like just pop it up or hit it straight in the ground. But like, Maybe like one out of ten times the ball goes five hundred forty feet, but when they're just trying to hit as many homers as possible, you're only going to see five twenty, which is like almost disappointing. But I don't know. I think it would have been cool if they had like a, they would have had a who could hit the furthest home runner. like at least tied in as like a tiebreaker, like a I don't know, like so they'd at least be incentivized besides just having that hit one home run for seventy five feet, which everyone was able to do very easily. No,
2: that's fair.
5: That's,
2: that's a good perspective.
5: Good I heard an interview with Trey Mancini. He was talking about. Like, his first round, he said he was trying to hit it as hard as he could just because of all of the adrenaline. And then after he took his timeout, he, like, settled down and just, you know, tried to hit line drives like you were saying. He didn't have to swing as hard as he could to get it out of the park, which is crazy that they don't have – I would I would have to swing as hard as I can to get it out, but that's not saying much either.
3: Exactly, yeah. Yeah, Some of his home runs in, like, his second round, it looked like they were just, like, almost mishits the center. I mean, a lot of them did that, but they were just getting out. You know, it proves your point. Like, he just. Like, it would have been cool if they
4: gave, like, two home runs if you had it 500 feet. Like, I know that's, like, not, like, the nature of the home run derby, but, like, I feel like they could have made an exception for, like, at least make guys hit the ball, like, as hard. Like, I want to see how far, like, Otani could hit it if he's not just trying to hit a bunch of home runs. Like, if he's just trying to hit one, because he won 510 in BP before the derby, it was insane. It was, like, the fourth deck. It was, like, way over my head. It was crazy.
2: You also, yeah. I mean, it also is course field ball travels there yeah
4: and that was he had he had three home runs in a minute and that was his bp before the before the derby like if he was actually trying to hit it as far as he could like i'm sure he was trying to like i, I don't know i would have been excited to see how far i know he can do i know he could do more than 510 but i also know that he wasn't trying to do it in the actual
5: derby that's a good point that is a really good point kind of going along those lines uh, i talked to you guys about this off the podcast kind of like changing the rules and stuff I think that the MLB needs to add, like, a skills challenge, kind of like how the NHL and NBA have all the different events. I think it'd be cool to see, like, the fastest guys in the league have a race or do, like, first to second times and then have, like, a relay race around the horn, uh, that type of thing. I think it'd be really cool. They could do a lot more with it.
3: Yeah, that'd be cool. Also, like, fungo golf, you know, <laughs> for the pitchers.
6: <laughs> hey, throw a fan in there. Let a fan go against them.
3: <laughs> throw a fan in there, yeah. Grab a random person.
6: They did a bunting derby in Korea back
4: in the day. I'm sure you've seen those clips on Twitter. That'd be cool if they could. They went nuts over it too.
5: Yeah, it'd be awesome. Sign, Sign me up for that. that.
4: I know. Every year in the All Star Break, you cannot go on Twitter without seeing a video of that. Like people love to just like post videos of that. It hasn't even been
2: a thing in like five years. But I'm about to say, well, we are unfortunately, Jeremy. We are not a bunting podcast. Fair enough.
3: There, I do miss the uh ten outs
6: though. Yeah, Shohei would have been fucked. He wouldn't have swung at half the ones he swung
4: at if they were ten outs. That's the thing, like he was, he had you have to swing at them because you only have so much time. But half of those pitches were like low and in. Like he was, like he can take him deep, but it's also like he wouldn't swing at them if he didn't need to. True. Good point.
3: I um I miss it. I miss it the most because you got some crazy like bad performances. So I got to know Brandon Inge last summer. I coached his son. Can anyone tell me his famous stat in the home run Derby?
2: Ooh uh, zero home runs zero home runs. God.
3: yeah, so I gave him a lot of shit for it, so
2: that is tough.
4: that's as many as I have. <laughs> there was there was one year where the the winner had, I think three.
2: no kidding. Um, yeah Stop. it
4: was wait it was at Wrigley. Yeah, yeah okay. 1990 home run Derby there were five home runs hit oh my
3: god <laughs> oh my goodness
4: three of them were by ryan sandberg who won there were eight guys and sandberg <laughs> that is insane bro five of, them, five of them five of them put up donuts ryan sandberg had three matt williams and mark mcguire both hit one
0: can you imagine
4: holy crap and like yeah the format was different back then but the fact that there were 80 outs and five home runs. I think it was. I think they each had 10 outs. I think that's how it was. And they had they had the best home run hitters in the in the sport combined to hit five home runs. Like I could not imagine what the win was like.
2: But oh, uh, dude, I would have been pissed for buying a ticket.
5: I did see something on the broadcast of uh, the home run derby. It was like Vlad Jr. hit more home runs in his first round than Ken Griffey did total when he won the uh, home run derby at one point in his career. Uh, so that that's even more surprising that there's only five home runs total in a home run derby in the past. And then we're seeing, you know, tw- 20, 20 plus in one round. Now.
4: Yeah, imagine if that happened now. Like all the baseball is dead tweets you'd be seeing from people that have never watched baseball before. Like after they watch a home
0: run derby, where, like, there's five home runs hit. Yeah, dude, no kidding. Seriously. It
4: would probably kill the sport. That's why they can't do it. <laughs>
0: It, well, two things, too, is it, it makes you appreciate Josh Hamilton even more, what he did that one year. Um, I think it was at Yankee Stadium. It was like 28 or 26 in a round or something like that. Um, but then I also noticed last thing on Home Run Derby before we move on is I'm pretty sure, Jeremy, you might be able to, to proof check this or fact check this, but weren't the all the balls signed um, in that bucket for each player? Like if Shohei was hitting, all of his balls would be autographed. I mean, same thing with Pete Alonso
4: that's what i heard i didn't even know about it until after we got back and i saw it on twitter i would have been like i would have like been way more i would have tried way harder to get a ball like if i knew that was i would have been like tackling people though yeah 100 percent. yeah that kid like tore his XEL while alonzo was hitting or something like that yeah,
2: pathetic performance by that kid <laughs> i i saw that that's so tough dude could you imagine
3: or just ask one of those unathletic kids. They put the most unathletic kids out
0: in the outfield, by the way.
5: And we also saw that dude fly, uh, fly over the fence trying to catch one, too. Uh, like the railing.
0: My last question with that is with the home run balls is, as a player, obviously you know that the more autographs and signatures that you have out there, the lower your value is going to be. As a player, you think all those guys were fans, like Pete Alonzo, for example, needs all the money he can get in the league right now especially off endorsements and autographs. Do you think they're actually like a big fan of this? Like, hey, let me go sign 100 baseballs. That way my value depreciates. Or do you think they not care?
5: How much is he actually losing from that?
2: I don't know. Not It can't be a ton. Yeah, just write, just write one of one on all of them and no one will know.
3: NFTs are the future,
0: man. NFTs. They don't care about autographs anymore. NFTs. That's fair. Yeah, and then last last yeah last that I had was like the Shohei jersey that he wore at the All Star game It was like bidding The last time I checked like 115 grand and the closest one I think was Garrett Cole's at like nine like it wasn't even close. That's insane.
4: Fun fact about that: those aren't even the game worn jerseys. I don't know if people bidding on it knew, but like if you read the fine print, it was like just a jersey that was signed by him. It wasn't even like they were just selling one of them, so like it was one of one. But like it wasn't worn by him in any of the events.
2: That's a real dick move. That's even worse. I'm not. I'm not paying for that. Like, I'd hope if you're
4: spending $100,000, like, if you're willing to, you would at least know that you're doing that. Like, I, I, I'd hope you know that. But, like, also, like, there's definitely, like, a little bit of a chance that they're going to be disappointed when they find out.
5: I got a question for Dalton. Hit me. How many times do you think uh, Philip Rivers had a jersey sold for over $100,000?
0: Oh, shut up, dude. Shut the hell up, dude. Colts last year. Colts last year. Real quick, last thing real quick, Milo. Shohei, how many kids does he have? Philip Rivers is a man. Eight kids. Count them. That counts more than a Super Bowl.
4: What's the conversion? Is it like six for one or what? Like how many kids, how many kids would he trade for a Super Bowl? All of them.
2: Seven. I was going to say six or seven.
4: I feel like you could still be happy with two kids and then you have a Super Bowl and then it's like, I don't know, seven might be a lot because I only have one kid. but
2: He has seven more to fucking spare. <laughs> I don't know if it's a hot pick or not, but I think if you gave
4: Otani, like, two years of, like, playing high school or college level football, like, there'd be, like, at least a decent chance he'd be better than Phillip Rivers at football. Oh, he's a unit, bro.
3: Let's do a couple things in the All-Star game. I think we have some good ones here. I just want everyone's opinion on uh, sitting out versus playing. So, if um, how about Cook? Start us off. What do you think about people sitting out? What's we'll, we'll your opinion on that one?
6: For, like, the Astros case, like, I mean, I get it. Like, not, not wanting to be, like, the most hated player on the field like no matter where you go but um also like comes to the point like where it's like in the, it's like professional baseball like you you may only make an all-star game once so, like if you choose to sit out in this year, only chance like it just kind of sucks for those guys that are like just barely made it just good enough and you know next year they could have like another bad like a, a bad year or a down year in comparison to this one so um honestly like if i was if I was them, I'd just kind of, like, suck it up because, like, you're going to get it no matter where you go. So, I mean, from my perspective, I would have uh, played.
3: That's good. I like that. I think uh, DeGrom not playing made sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. He's just killing it this year, and you're kind of in a groove, you know, and you probably want a couple days with your family. And he's
6: hurt, like, every every three games.
3: Exactly. but
6: no, It's probably probably good for him to
2: rest. Yeah, makes sense. What uh? What do you think, Bomber? that's a good question dude um like that's the first thing i think about when we bring up that topic is the astros it's like what else do you think about you know it's i think it's i think you have to deal with with the consequences you know why are you why are you trying to why are you dropping out when rob manfred didn't even like punish you guys just play in the game like take the heat
3: hot take was any Astro – first off, was any Astro in the all game actually? I know some made it, but did any of them actually go?
2: They had four. Did any of them go? Um, I, don't know if, I don't know if any of them actually went, to be honest. I think Ryan Presley did play or was in the game, but I think the other three. Okay. Was he on the team in 17? I believe he was, yeah. I was going to say,
3: it's almost like people think the Jordan like, baseball thing was a punishment for MLB. Maybe the hitters and the Astros were actually punished by Rob Manfred and we're not allowed to go conspiracy theory.
2: You feel like that would have been maybe said something though. but yeah, that's, that's fair. I, you know, now that, now that you bring it, pose it as that. Yeah, there's, that's fair.
3: Maybe. I mean, okay. It's a conspiracy theory. Call me crazy, but it's pretty easy, you know, punishment without people knowing. Never know.
0: That's a great, it's a great question, Bert, but all right, let's go into the mic'd up section real quick. The Chris Bryant mic'd up in left field on the uh, broadcast. It almost made me tear up. He said he was proud to be a part of the Cubs. If he gets sold, um, I'm going to remember him for that and for that only. Just kidding. He's a beast. But that was sick. And then I also had that were a kid show entirely, but Liam Hendricks on that broadcast when he was mic'd up in that ninth inning, he said every swear word in three and a half minutes that I've ever heard in my life. It was
2: unbelievable. What I don't get is why he sounds American when he swears, but he's Australian. It's like a it's like a doll when she sings, she sounds like American. That's yeah, that's so true. It's kinda like that I guess.
3: That's a thing. You sound better with an accent like that when you sing, so that's a real thing.
2: that I don't even know how to say an Australian accent.
3: Isn't he a first
6: Australian player to make the All Star game?
2: I believe so, but I'll tell you I mean it's also just kind of comes with being a closer. Like I feel like that needs to be known by like the general baseball public. Like closers are are crazy. Yeah, you have to have the edge to You You kind of you can't be expected. You know, granted, you're, there's gonna be kids watching, but like if a closer is trying to pump a hundred or a hundred and two, and he missed, you know, you know he's gonna be he's gonna be fuming. So you know, I think you just have to deal with the with the repercussions, and um, you know. Not the smartest thing to mic up a closer also, but, you know, I, to each their own.
3: <laughs> the funniest thing ever was that uh, Zunino, I think, came out to him and was like, hey, you're mic'd up. So someone was telling him and and he goes, no, I can't hear anything like his his <laughs> earpiece was not working, but his microphone was. And he thought he wasn't mic'd up. It wasn't working. <laughs> and he's like, no,
0: you're mic'd up. And he kept going.
2: That's awesome.
0: All right guys, as previously mentioned, Jeremy Frank is on the entire show. However, we're going to get into the interview we had with him. It was a great interview, lots of facts, lots of information. We were fired up about it, and we hope you guys enjoy it too. All right, everybody. We got a great guest on today. We've got Jeremy Frank. Jeremy's also known as MLB Random Stats on Twitter, where he currently has over 75,000 followers. It's just unbelievable. Not only are we familiar with Jeremy from his stats online that we've probably retweeted and liked a few times, but he's also majoring in data science at Purdue right now. So boiler up, Jeremy, it's kind of dope. And then cool as well is that he's the founder of Diamond Digest. And one of the coolest and most successful accomplishments that I personally think he's had to date is that he's already published two books called Hidden Ball Trick with Jim Passon Jr., So, Jeremy, I'm just going to ask the first question right off the bat. What made you get into stats and analytics? Um, And also, why did you pick baseball to go along with that rather than, you know, any other professional sports?
4: Cool. Yeah. So growing up, uh, my favorite sport, I'm sure similar to you guys, was baseball. I wasn't as good as you guys were. um, Not good enough to play in college, but um, played my whole life, like Little League all through like high school, summer ball, like whatever. So I've always been a huge baseball fan, just go- going to games growing up and just watching games on TV. And my best subject in school was math. So I feel like like the a really cool intersection between the two is uh, baseball statistics, which like watching the movie Moneyball growing up was really cool, showed that there actually is like a field for this kind of thing. It's not just like uh, on, the, on the back of baseball cards, which is like obviously uh, uh, more of my Twitter account is centered around just kind of the fun facts about players, but it goes way beyond that. It's like teams pay people money to make their team better, even if they're not like actually playing baseball in the field, like they're just working exactly. in the office, which I think is really cool. So I kind of saw that as a cool opportunity for me when I was uh, pretty young. I started my page uh, freshman year of high school and with the goal of kind of just working in baseball and it's taken off since there, which is really cool.
3: Gotcha. That's, that's I get sick. It. I'm impressed. Like, yeah, you know, no, no, this it's is shit, sick. Man. This <laughs> is sweet. This is cool. Good stuff it's working
2: out. Well, that, so hold on, that kind of, oh, my bad, Milo. I didn't mean to cut you off. So, so that kind of leads into my question, Jeremy. So, so with the platform that you've currently built, obviously, you know, it's, it's insane what you've done, dude. It's, it's so cool to follow you on Twitter, all the things you tweet, it's insane. But so what do you, what is your ultimate goal with this? What are you trying to do? Do you want to work in a front office? What position do you want? Do you want, what does it entail?
4: Yeah, so I get I get asked this question a lot, and I always give kind of the same answer. I'm sure you guys are probably more familiar with this kind of decision because you guys are all, um, if I'm correct, you guys are all like recently out of college or like finishing up college right now. So you guys are a couple years ahead of me. Um, but it really, it really depends what opportunities I have um, when I'm out of college. Um, working for a baseball team, while well, very appealing, um, it doesn't pay very well. The hours are crazy. Um, don't get to, I mean, obviously I won't have a family right out of college, but you don't really get to see your family from what I've heard from talking to people who have this job. Like, don't get me wrong. Super cool. Like hanging out at the ballpark, um, for every game. And your, your, your office is the ballpark, which is obviously like, there are definitely pros and cons to it, but for sure. Um, I'm not sure if that's, that's what I really wanted to do when I like started this whole thing. And then from talking to people who have worked in it, it, it's kind of a little bit less appealing now, but I still think it would be really cool to to do that for at least a few years. Um and see how it is but it would also be cool to kind of just do what i do now but get paid for it like from like there are a bunch of like like espn stats and info is like a twitter account that like someone is paid to run i don't know who but someone someone, yeah, <laughs> someone makes money to run. it's not just like an intern so that maybe so that true. could be yeah um, for sure like mlb has all of their statistics people like they need stats for all these broadcasts like people have to find those and they get paid for it so maybe i could do it's less of a, it's like, I feel like it's less flashy than working for a team, but I think it, um, would be kind of more similar to what I do now. And I feel very like comfortable with what I do now. Like, I, I feel like I'm one of, probably one of the best people in the world at finding random baseball stats. So 100%.
2: no doubt, I no doubt time to do
4: that. Like, that would be cool. But also yeah. like, I could totally see myself just working in like the data science industry, like data science is in every industry. So I could just see myself working True. for any company, wherever Um, And just keeping baseball is kind of more of a side hustle that I could still make money from because I have my books and I think Twitter is trying to add ways to like monetize your Twitter account. So maybe I can kind of add that as an option, but I'm currently, I'm currently interning at Sports Reference. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with who you guys are, like you guys are (laughs) baseball nerds too. Um, So it's been really cool getting to see like that kind of like a professional side to sports statistics. It's been a lot of fun. They've been a really good group of people. So I could definitely see myself working for a company like them in the future too.
3: Hey, That's my insane. advice to you, like, go with baseball. Just, yeah. just do that. Like, real world sucks. So. No, run with right. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, you could that...
2: be, you could be like, like, like Jeremy. You never know. You could turn around a whole MLB franchise. You never know. You, you could be the next yeah. Moneyball. You know, like, you could be a part so. of the next Moneyball sequel. Yeah. That'd be insane.
4: Yeah, yeah. That would be. I mean, that would be really cool too. Like, I definitely want to do that. Like, at some point, and at least see how it is. Like, I've heard, I've heard complaints, but I've also
2: heard people who have, who
4: like love what they do. So.
2: Um, well that's yeah, that's fair so so i got sorry i'm gonna lead into, into the next question then i'll let somebody else ask one so we're while we're on the subject of Moneyball, so did you tr- did you actually like deep dive into how they transformed the oakland a's that year did you ever do that no nah, I,
4: I mean i was like <clears throat> i was like 10 when the movie came out it was more of just that's uh fair. like i've seen it i've seen it since like it's it's i haven't seen it like i don't watch it like every week like i'm sure people uh, definitely like think that I do, but it, it's like a it's a really good movie. I haven't like looked too far uh deep into it or anything, but um definitely
2: piqued my interest at least. Gotcha. I, I was gonna ask, um, if you would have done anything different, what would you have what would you have added or subtracted, I could say? Uh that's a good <laughs> question. I feel like they I feel like um they definitely did
4: a good job of, of winning regular season games, and that's definitely like a, a good goal, but you really do need, I think, that upper level um like superstar talent that I don't think that they had like as much as they would have needed to to be like a super successful franchise like obviously the ace I mean they continue to do a lot with with not a lot but it's also a Mm -hmm. lot easier to do even more with a little bit more and I think that obviously like I never buy the fact like the excuse that owners don't have enough money to spend on their team so I think what I would have done differently is obviously I wouldn't be able to do this as like an intern working in the department, but you got to convince the owner to spend a little bit more money to, to get that elite talent. It's a lot easier to do when you could get that elite talent and then also build around it with that money
5: ball kind of strategy. Yeah, Preach
2: really- dude. I cannot agree more. 100%. That's really a
5: good point. And uh, kind of making that relevant. I'm a Cubs fan. So like this past offseason, the Cubs decided to save money End quote, and yeah, and oh how's God. that going?
4: How's that going for him? <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a I'm a Cubs fan too, so it's kind of uh, been disappointing. But I'm uh, glad they won the World Series. So yeah.
5: They so they decided not to sign Schwarber and then dish out Hugh Darvish, and then sign Jock Peterson to kind of replace Schwarber and then dished him out too. So it's like you saved two million dollars for no offense to Bryce Ball, I actually played summer ball with him, but he's he's not Jock Peterson by any means.
4: Yeah, I'm sure Schwarber pretty much made back his money in just that three-week stretch that he had. Like, not even just from the value he brought, but just from the attention that the Nationals were getting as a franchise just for
5: that, those few weeks. Absolutely. Sure. You mentioned earlier that you, you you claim you're one of the best at finding MLB random stats, which I am 100% back that statement. I don't Facts. know. any do page <laughs> Like yours, I don't even know when I started to follow you. It was probably, um, you know, maybe right around the time you got to Purdue. Yeah, it's been a while. I've known your name for, for a bit. Yeah, but hey, – Everybody every- does. Everybody yeah. every-
1: <laughs> Everybody. <laughs>
5: um, but I was going to say, like, the things you tweet are things that I want to know and I'm sure everybody else wants to know. And there's stats that you're like, wow, that's super cool to know that because without your page, I would have never known that. And then when I see it, I'm like, how did I – it's like, you don't need, no, you need something until you have it. That makes and, sense. Yeah. And that's how it re- relate to your, uh, your Twitter page. Every single day you put out tweets. How do you go about finding specific random stats and deciding which ones you're going to put out there? Uh, like kind of what's your process of running your, your Twitter account, I guess. Yeah.
4: That's so I have a very, I have a very low bar for what I post on my <laughs> Twitter page and I can kind of get away with that because like it, my page is called MLB random stats. So like, if someone thinks that this is a stupid stat, then like I don't know, keep scrolling or unfollow me, like whatever. I don't know. Like, I'm just gonna I'm I'll post Like if I if I find a stat that like I think is at least a little bit interesting, I'll tweet it because even if like I don't think it's interesting, I'm sure there's like someone out there that would find it interesting. Definitely. Like, I'm not a fan of every player or a fan of every team or whatever, but I'm sure like this a stat a random stat about like the Tiger's seven hitter or something like that, like may not interest me, but I'm sure there are like at least a few hundred people that follow me that may like it so wow. that's I don't watch I haven't been watching as much baseball this year as I have in the past just because I've been like super busy with with everything but I try and go on Twitter a lot which is very easy because I'm addicted to it so I can usually tell if something's going on from just following I follow a ton of different like teams and writers and fans on Twitter that like I can have a good idea if something like crazy is happening or like something unique is happening just from um, just following along. Like I don't need to watch every single game to like be able to just like quickly see something on Twitter and check a box score to see if like it's legit or something like that. So if I see something that like stands out to me, like, then I'll go and and look it up. And I'll try and like I'll try and cherry pick it in a way that like makes it sound like it's like a very unique thing, even if it's not as unique, which I think is kind of part of, like the the art of it a little bit. Like, um you kind of you kind of gotta like i don't know you can add a few qualifiers onto anything and make it sound interesting and i think like for for other like if you're like uh if you're working in an industry like that's not a good idea to like cherry pick your data to match what you want to say but like if you're trying to find interesting fun facts that like people can go tell their friends like that's exactly what you want to do
1: yeah it may not
4: mean the most but like it's definitely like very interesting i think for a lot of people if you can like if you could find say someone does something for the first time since i don't know like 2005 but like the last player to do it before that guy was barry bond 2001 if you could add like one extra thing to make it that that 2005 guy goes away and be like oh it's the first guy since bonds to do it then that stat's way more interesting even though it's a little bit more uh cherry picked so that's kind of how i go about it um trying to make it not just as like an interesting thing but just tying it into other interesting players that uh people may have heard of
3: that's I mean, that makes total sense to me. I think you're trying I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, trying to just uh, appeal to the casual fan or like, you know, just like yeah. someone not as into it as us. That, I think to me that makes perfect sense. On the opposite side of that, though, I'm sure you dig deep into other stats. You know, what's your favorite like new age stat? Something that you're like actually looking at, you know, we hear about war and everything, but there's tons of other stuff out there. What are you looking at to evaluate a team?
4: yeah, I'm a fan of uh for hitters. I really like uh, the stat w r c plus. It's on fangraph. So it's not like a super like like it's not like it's been around for a bit to the fact that like it's not the most advanced thing we have, but like for it's it's relatively easy to understand. Like you can read it in like a blog post and you can kind of understand like where it comes from, like what it's supposed to do. And even if you don't understand exactly how it's calculated, you know what it means. Like you know one hundred average, one hundred fifty is really good, fifty is really bad. It's like very easy to put things into scale. and it also takes into account ballpark it takes into account the air that they played in and takes into account like their quality of competition so it's very easy to compare players um not just who are currently playing in terms of just evaluating talent like you were talking about but also for finding like historical co- comparisons for players too because someone doing something for the rockies in 2001 is not the same thing as doing something yeah. for the oakland athletics in 2019 like two totally different environments so it's definitely you definitely like if you're going to like try and evaluate baseball players, you need to take into account the situations that they were put into and that it's a lot easier to bring value to a team when you play in a ballpark that for a hitter is very hitter friendly or for a pitcher is very pitcher friendly. So I think for whatever stat you're looking at, I think if you really want to be objective it needs to be like kind of uh, take into account the the environment that these players played in. But I do think uh, less so for I think that's also more important for hitters than for pitchers. I think for pitchers, you can get a very good idea of how good they are by just looking at their like strikeout rate and their walk rate. Like it doesn't need to be that complicated mm-hmm. because I mean, nowadays what 30%, 35% of plate appearances are just ending strikeouts or walks. That's like a third of every, like one out of every three batters are pretty much controlled by how good the pitcher is. Like, yes, a hitter, obviously like mm-hmm. in the, in the long run, a pitcher will, um, be at their true strikeout rate and their true true walk rate a lot quicker than they'll be at their like true batting average against rate, just because of how random um like fielding defenses and like where the ball ends up going. But you can tell a lot very quickly, like bad pitchers don't strike out 12 guys in the game. So yeah. if a guy strikes out 12 guys in the game, you know, like there's, at least you know, a little bit about them. So I think. Just just a, <laughs> good that, point,
3: Yeah. And, and
4: like, if a guy walks, a guy walks six guys in the game, like there are some guys that will never walk six guys in the game. Like you can tell a little bit about a pitcher just by, one start and then if you look at like five starts you can tell a lot about them if they're averaging 10 strikeouts a start or five like that's just a huge like you don't get unlucky and only strike out five guys a start like good strikeout guys get strikeouts like you could get unlucky and take a few losses and give up more runs than you're used to but you generally will strike out and walk out pretty much the same rate of guys once the sample of starts gets like even a couple months into the season so I think those two stats you could tell a lot about a pitcher using
3: Dude, that makes so much sense. You know, like hitters, <laughs> is, like, you know, any hitter in the in the world could go over four or four strikeouts. I mean, that right. happens. But, dude, that's, a, that's actually makes tons of sense. You, dude, this is just
2: – seeing this, like, from a different – like, from outside of the player's perspective is, is insane. Just, like, looking at it from – you see things, it, it's cool. But it makes sense. It's just when you're a player or a former player, as we would say, you know, you don't – we don't – we think a step ahead, but you're thinking six or seven steps ahead. It's it's oh yeah, it's and I'm wild. sure I could.
4: I'm sure I'd learn. I show. Sure, I'm sure I know a lot more about baseball from having like played it at a high level like you guys. Like there's definitely a lot to to learn. Uh, like going both ways. Like me, I don't know if you know Devin Fink on Twitter. He kind of has a similar account. To yeah, me. he writes at Fangraphs. Mm-hmm. Um, gotcha. we had a we had a short lived podcast. Uh, with Taylor Davis. Uh, I don't know if you know Taylor Davis. He was a He's. I think he's in the Pirates organization now. But he was a catcher for the Cubs for a little bit in their minor <laughs> leagues. He was and for the Andrew. Orioles last year. He's the guy that always stares at the camera, like very fun. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh him. yeah. <laughs> but he's you. a. He, and, he's was,
4: a I'm, I'm sure you guys know the stereotype about like catchers. Like he's a really smart baseball guy. Like he. Okay. Like, if he was not a good baseball player, he'd still be like in baseball. Like he. He's just that kind of guy that like really knows what's going on. So we had a podcast with him for a little bit, and then COVID happened and things got busy with like he had a kid so like it's hard to that's fair keep yeah. a podcast going we we're both 11 yeah. both in college so Definitely. that didn't really work out but the conversations that we'd have with taylor were like super crazy because he really understands um like both of the like the playing aspect and also like the like taking a step back and looking at it from like an ob- objective like analytical perspective and i think he's going to be like a i wouldn't be surprised if he's an, a manager in 10 years in the majors
3: that's sick wow. that's awesome for sure and for don't sure. we just we- one last thing on the stats don't we just love plus stats i think it just makes oh, it so yes. much easier to look at like, exactly yeah, yeah. You know,
4: right yeah you're right because you, you know exactly what the average is and you know mm-hmm. like 10 percent is 110 or 90 like either way like you have a very good idea just from looking at i know like they don't like i think the problem with i think the problem that like advanced stats people have like reaching like casual fans is just like the acronyms i think that's all it is yeah like mm-hmm. people people see True. like wrc plus and be like wow like who the hell came up with this? Like, this is <laughs> like, who, like, what do these letters mean? Like, there's so much going on. It sounds like it's like written by, like, I don't even know. Like, it doesn't, like, it was intended yeah. to, because <laughs> they know batting average makes sense. They know, um like, home runs, like, all these abbreviations that they know are like very intuitive. But, like, what does WRC plus mean? Like, that doesn't even sound like something that's like, doesn't sound like baseball so like they don't they don't listen to it but like if you like think about it like everything that goes into it is like stuff that they know it's just they don't they don't think they attempt to uh like to go that extra step i don't know
5: so for the average baseball fan that doesn't know what wrc plus is can you put it into simple terms for them right now
4: yeah, I probably should have when I said that it's my favorite stat. I shouldn't have just assumed that everyone listening would know that because I know that's definitely not the case. But hey,
2: I don't I don't even know that what the fair hell enough, that means
4: yeah, like, <laughs> no problem.
2: you learn something new every day. That's so, bad as a as a co-host of the, the this podcast. But.
4: No, it's 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 not something I'd expect everyone to know. Like I think I I'm, I think I interact with people on Twitter that's like way different than the, the average baseball fan. So I think I kind of I I go like I think I take a step further and think that people will understand this even though I know that, um, the people I talk to are definitely like different than the average fan. But I I think the way I would say like this is a good stat and here's why is because um so like you think of like batting average is like the stat you start with for um for for hitters and be like okay like why is batting average not the best stat because number one it says that every hit's the same which they're not. Home runs are way better than singles everyone knows that, and then also because they just ignore walks and walks are good like for hitters like they help your team for runs so WRC plus looks at how each different type of hit um, brings runs to your team they look at how much of an impact they would bring on average um, to a team so a home run might be like three times more valuable than a single and a triple is 2.2 times or whatever I don't know the exact numbers but it uses 100 years of stats to determine how how many runs each of these each of these events bring to your team on average so then it looks at, it says, okay, so we have this stat called WOBA, weighted on base average, which is calculated by just looking at how, how important each of those events are. And then WRC plus uses WOBA and puts it onto a scale where hundred is average and it takes into account a hitter's ballpark. It takes into account the run environment. So if there's more runs being scored, then obviously each hit is worth a little bit less because you need to bring more runs to your team to be as valuable. and. Gotcha. It just looks at how hard to score a run is and, and stuff like that, and it sets 100 as the average. So the league average hitter will always be 100, and then every percent above or below average you are in that stat is one point in WRC+. So 100 is average. If you're 120, that means you're just a 20%, uh, 20% better hitter than an average hitter, and if you're 80, you're 20% worse. So that's how I'd quickly explain it. Um, gotcha. But, yeah, I think it's pretty important because I think it really looks at the whole picture of what a hitter brings. It doesn't look at like base running or anything, but I think it's probably better that it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just looks at how good a hitter is, um, how good an average hitter would be in their situation and compare the two.
3: Awesome. I like that stat yes. a lot, too, because it kind of quantifies something we always hear, like hitters hit better in Colorado. You know, now it takes that into account.
5: You know, exactly. So I think yeah. I
3: remember the first time seeing I was like, all right, now I can kind of look at it and see are we, is this an input into the stat? And it is, and that's something I value, too.
5: Speaking of Colorado, you were just in Denver for the All-Star break, weren't you?
3: I was. It was a lot of fun. Me and my dad
4: went uh, went to the futures game and then Sick. went to the Derby and then went to the, the All-Star game. It was a lot of fun. I'd never been there before. It was crazy in the Derby seeing how far people can hit baseballs. Like I'm probably gonna live hopefully like another 80 years of my life, and I'll probably never see in person a baseball hit as far as like the 10th for this home run I saw hit that weekend. Is crazy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's wild, dude. Yeah, so, Jeremy, I just want to spin zone real quick back into your you being an author. Um, what was that process like? You know, you, you're trying to balance school extracurriculars, obviously, on top of that. And how did you even get involved with like Jim Pass and Junior?
4: Yeah, so Jim runs a very similar uh, Twitter account to me. Um, he posts uh, some random stats um, and he he's been he's been following me for a while and I've been following him for a while. So I've been, we've known each other on Twitter for for quite a bit um but i think senior year of high school i like came in with the idea like oh like do you like we have so many we tweeted so many stats about baseball like we should like we should like organize them somewhere so like we kind of started like putting them down into like this like big google doc and we're like wow like we have like probably have enough stats to like write a book like jokingly said that and then like a light bulb like kind of went off in our head like oh we should totally like just like put these stats into a book so obviously oh, like some of the stats sick. some of the stats in the book are stuff that we'd already found but once we got to the fact where we were actually writing a book we spent a ton of time uh, researching that. So a lot of that came during the off season. Um I don't know what year that was. 2019, 2018, but a lot of it came during the off season when there's no new baseball sets coming in so I have less to tweet about and also like my extracurriculars like it was my Twitter account and like my book. I didn't really do too much else besides like stuff with sports. So it wasn't too bad. It was like an hour hour or two every night for a few months and yeah, 250 pages written. So it was really that's
0: cool. sick. Man, it's uh, unbelievable
4: dude that's insane yeah it's really i'm a terrible writer but it's really easy to write about like like our book is like just a pretty much bullet list of a bunch of baseball stats going year by year throughout baseball history so it's like it's not like i wrote like a, a novel or anything it's just i wrote a bunch of baseball stats that like when you put them on a row it's like at the length of a book so we
2: put them oh out. hell you published a damn book jeremy that thing is on the shelves don't suck yourself short yeah (laughs) Yeah. and
0: and for all our listeners out there go like honestly go buy the book go buy both of them hidden ball trick i'm pretty sure you can find them on amazon uh you can find them anywhere else jeremy you can plug that in at the end but exactly uh we've got a couple of minutes left here uh anybody got else got any questions they want to ask i got
2: okay you want you want to go Bert. Uh, I'll go last. I'll try and answer. I'll try and answer quickly. So you guys. Okay. got you. Got you. Um, Jeremy wanted to, um, wanted to bring up a friend that actually goes to Purdue as well. Um, She has a Twitter account uh, base out of context. Baseball is her name. Uh, Follow her on Twitter at baseball context. Jeremy I've seen you guys kind of uh, talk on Twitter. What exactly does she do? How did you guys become friends? What's that about?
4: Yeah. So I saw that she was, uh, when I was in high school, I saw that she posted that she was also going to Purdue, which was a very weird coincidence. Cause yeah, we were two of like the of like all of the accounts that are like not affiliated with like, a a media company. Like we were two of the bigger ones just, yeah, like, for sure. back when we were seniors. So, mm-hmm. um, started like just DMing her, which, um, she's really nice. Um, totally. we're, we're friends. We don't like, um, we hang out a couple of times a year. Like, um, I wish I could see her more like, but she spends a lot of her time at the baseball games and I, can never seem to get to any especially with code and everything i wish i was at more okay. but she's great uh she runs like you said out of context baseball where she just posts like um funny pictures of uh baseball games which is always really entertaining to to go through her feed but she's a really great person uh she does a lot with uh nascar too i don't know if she, how much she's been posting with that but she's really hard working and i'm sure she'll get a really cool job one day too
3: That's awesome. That's awesome to have multiple people at Purdue. That's really wild. Like out of all the schools, it
4: just seems so obscure that like why would Purdue like be the That was my that was my thought too. (laughs) So
6: random.
3: Harvard of the Midwest, baby. sick, (laughs)
6: Exactly.
3: All right, Jeremy, I'm gonna do something here and put you on the spot. Sure. I'm just gonna scroll and not even look, pick a random team. And can you give me a stat for these teams? Oh man, probably not, but you can try. All right, (laughs) let's get you easy. Here we go the Rockies do you have anything for the Rockies historic or current
4: um yeah I think uh Dante Bichette I believe has the lowest war in a season for a player with I believe it was 100 RBIs I don't know what year it was but (laughs) he had like negative two war in some (laughs) 90s year let me look it up real quick I know this um we're almost that's awesome I would would believe you (laughs) I need to I need to check myself on it because I'll be mad if I I'm not gonna check the actual stat but uh nineteen what is it? Nineteen ninety-nine, he had hundred and thirty-three RBIs and he was worth negative two point three wins above replacement. Oh, Unbelievable. That's insane. And that, that's insane. that's like what I was going back to saying. I think that's more of an extreme case with just the crazy era that he was playing in in the ballpark he was playing in. And also he was like a terrible defender and really didn't add anything besides his his bat, which wasn't even as good as his RBIs I would say. Just the, it was just the lineup he played in and the ballpark he played in. But I think that's a fun Unreal. one.
0: Unreal. Hey Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on tonight, man. We really appreciate it. You're welcome on anytime. I know bombs reached out to you, but obviously we'll reach out to you in the in the future as well. Keep working sure. hard. And you know, all the people out there, go buy his book, go follow him on Twitter, follow him on Instagram, get this man's stats. You need them. So awesome. Appreciate thank it. you so much. Jeremy,
2: man. thank you so much, boss. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Happy. yeah I'm happy it. to
4: come on anytime if you guys want to keep talking.
5: Yeah. I'd
2: we might, it. we might, uh, we might have you come on for like a, uh, maybe a mini flash stat segment. That'll oh just mind boggle Prepare paper. for that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Absolutely.
2: All right, Jeremy. We'll, we'll, thank you uh, so we'll much, bro. It. Yeah, for sure. Yep. All
5: right. Thanks, Jeremy. Take it easy. Yep. You too, guys.
0: And there you have it guys. That was the podcast interview with Jeremy Frank. Jeremy's obviously on our show right now as well but just again thank you Jeremy it means so much to have you on you know you're so intelligent in terms of baseball statistical data uh, that you even opened my eyes and a few different things that I didn't know tonight so that's pretty cool but you know let's just keep going right on with this podcast let's talk a little MLB draft recap insane day on day one especially for our guy Sam Bachman ninth overall
2: to the Angels baby
6: yeah that's big time the pod bomb
2: hsc product, 317 so uh dude it it, it was insane um you know and uh just being able to grow up like growing up i was able to kind of mentor him granted i threw 88 but you know it was it was at the time he was smaller than me so it was cool to be able to mentor him and kind of see what he turned into and dude it's uh if you saw the video How absurdly humble did he look? Like, everyone's freaking out, and he just smiles. Like, you could just tell how grateful he was. Um, For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, Sam Bachman was our uh, guest interview a couple weeks back, and uh, he actually was selected uh, last Sunday by the Angels, ninth overall in the MLB draft. So, um, I don't know, dudes.
5: It was really cool to to see Sam get drafted uh, in the top ten rounds after talking to him. You know, last episode, Bob, you mentioned it was it was cool to see his reaction and, you know, talking to him and uh, seeing how he's gone through this whole process. He was super humble, and, you know, he also mentioned it's not the end goal to just get drafted. He's, he's hungry for more, and I think we'll, we'll see him have some success in the in the near future in the Angels organization. So I, I'm really excited to keep following along, but it couldn't have happened to a better guy. I, I'm really happy for him.
2: We're two for two on pod bombs. Jeremy, Jeremy. Yeah. I don't know. Like we have a ducks, we have a ducks boost. We have a ducks boost. Yeah. A pod boost, but it it might not be you getting drafted. It it might be in another sector of your life. Hell, maybe you get signed on to MLB like two in two weeks. Like I, if you did that, I might need to uh, hop on as my own guest interview and see what happens, but (laughs) we'll see.
3: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's the ducks in the pot effect. So you might wait till twenty two draft, but I think it's looking good for you right now.
0: Hundred percent. Yeah, and I think another big surprise that we saw is that we knew Sam was going to be a first round pick, but I don't know if you guys were watching the draft itself live. But when the Pirates picked Henry Davis first overall, it was like a second where it was obviously a big surprise. Everybody thought it was going to be you know Marcelo Mayer or like Jack Leiter or something like that, but. He literally sat in his chair for like a brief second. It was like, holy shit, they just called my name, and like it was just like such a surreal moment. So that was one of my biggest surprises for sure. And I I, I think for real that he's going to be a dude. He was the most complete hitter this year in college, or one of them for sure. Both power and then his walk to strikeout ratio was unbelievable. But yeah, what other surprises do you guys have for the draft?
3: I just think the MLB draft is so interesting in that like, yeah, where you get picked matters, but really the money you get matters more, you know, like that's actually where they see you, you know? So like Henry, Henry Davis, for example, signed for $2 million under slot, you know, I mean, that's kind of, I mean, I'm not, I mean, they wanted their guy, they got Henry Davis, they love him, but there's also some factor into it. Like you get a college hitter, you can save some money for, if you look probably in like the third round, fourth round, look for it to come out a couple of days, you probably see a Pirates pick go way over slot like a high school guy. So that's the stuff I like to look at. Um, and also just like people who sign way over slot, there was, I'm trying to, think. there was a tweet. If you guys follow Jim Callis on Twitter, for example, like a fourth rounder or a fifth rounder, Andy T- Thomas from Baylor senior catcher signed for, this is under for 25 K. The slot was uh 379,000. So I think it's interesting to look like is Andy Thomas a fifth round pick? Probably not. You know, but they're just going to save it before the tenth round to get all that all their pool money used for someone else. So that's something I thought was really interesting in this year's draft. I think you're still seeing some COVID effects with that. So you know, last year we had guys going the third round for twenty thousand dollars. I think it kind of carried over to this year where teams are still trying to save a little
0: money. Bert, spending off that too. A perfect example going off that is the the Tigers picking Jackson Job at three, but then waiting to get Ty Madden at thirty two.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was crazy that was that was one thing yeah sorry to cut you off dp but that was one thing that was crazy to me was was to you know i don't know if you consider kumar getting picked at 10 as falling i would but but ty madden at 32 was was amazing to me i mean this guy was this guy was pretty much the big Twelve pitcher of the year i thought but um i don't know what are your guys thoughts yeah, the
3: Kumar thing though, you mentioned it, like Kumar got six million dollars. Like he got the same same money as Henry Davis. So I don't know I mean, yeah, it's a drop in the pick, but it's more of like who's gonna pay Kumar over slot and not wanna save money. So it wasn't that surprising to me to see him go that far.
2: No, that's fair. And there are a lot of people there are a lot of people, um, you know, pissed that the Angels didn't pick Kumar at, at nine and they went with Bachman, but it's like you're getting you're getting either, you know. Granted, Kumar has the track record, but like Sam Bachman is literally the hardest starting thrower in Division One baseball with a wipeout slider. He's like a Degrom in the making. Uh, that's bold statement. Yeah, it was a seventy grade
0: for both slider and fastball. So, I mean, really can't go wrong there. Yeah,
3: that's hard to do. That that what does that put you in seventy grade? Probably what ninety percentile in the big leagues. So, can like eighty would be like the top. So I mean, you're, they're already grading him out at a 90th percentile. That that's pretty cool, and he got the ducks boost. So that's why we gave him some below.
2: I think they, I think they did have. A, I think the Mets did have a very good draft, though. Calvin Ziegler in the second round, stud. I'm um, trying to think of who else, um, you know, had an okay draft or.
3: I think the marlins had a really good draft i'm trying to see if they had marlins first round was really really nice i need to look yeah they got khalil watson at 16 mhm khalil at 16 they got another one right and like the comp round i'm trying to th-
2: man am i missing i should know this they got a they got a second round shortstop uh in cody morse set yep and then tanner allen went in the fourth yeah that was wild to me too was was him in the fourth round like this guy this guy might have a statue built for him in Starkville, Mississippi, and he was a fourth round pick. Granted, I know Jake Mangum wasn't very high either when he was picked. Um I don't know I don't know why. Bert, do you think there's like any correlation between like absolute studs at Mississippi State getting like not being first round picks? Like, um you also have um oh Ednar. No, um he wasn't even picked, but he was a stud. How am I how am I forgetting his name? Uh, it was from a couple of years, Elijah McNamee, Elijah McNamee.
3: It's all about the money, man. It's all about the money. Those are, those are seniors. So it's like, why would a team take him in the first and give him in the fourth. I mean,
2: good point.
3: most of these are probably pre-draft deals anyway. Like one team likes him, you know, so why, if there's no leverage by the player, just take him in the fourth, you're probably going to pay him 200,000 versus, you know, get him in the first. And it's probably hard to go $3 million under slot.
2: That's fair. No, no, good point.
3: The team that I thought had the best draft in the first, in my opinion, was um the Reds. I like Matt McLean a lot. I've seen him play a couple times. I think he's going to be a big leaguer. It's kind of like a second baseman, almost like a Bedroya comp. And they got Jay Allen, which is like a high upside outfielder. And I've watched a video on him too. Those those guys are. It's a good draft for just a day one. So. Look out. It's always fun to look at the draft though. You see like now, like the Rays, you have all these guys that are, they're basically paying nothing, you know, and they're, you know, one of the top teams in the league. So it's cool to look, remember these names and then you might get some down the road and you might see something happen like the Rays with maybe the Reds, you know? So that's the fun part of the draft.
2: No, definitely. I agree now. Do you see Bednar making the big leagues? Like, you know, I know he had a ton of helium this spring, but, you know, what do you think? Like, do you think he has the raw stuff to get to the big leagues or what do you guys think? I think personally, he's 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 going to get a shot. As a first-round pick, you get a
0: shot, you know. Um you get you get chosen over others for sure because, you know, it's it's your first-round pick. You got to at least try and hope that they bring you something to the table. He's a stud. Yeah, 100%. I thought in the World Series, though, great stuff. But I thought he was undersized a little bit, and he threw low to mid nineties. But like, it wasn't as it was explosive, but it wasn't as electric as the guys you see, like lighter, um, Sam Bachman and stuff like that, as other first round picks. But no, I definitely think he belonged in that first round. Just I don't. It's it's going to be tough to tell. Yeah, I think good point, DP. I think your
3: first round college arm, you probably probably make the big leagues there's no way to be success like a star in the big leagues i don't know my favorite pick in the draft though colson montgomery and that's not an indiana bias that's just i think that guy's a stud so keep an eye out
2: i yeah i had not seen him play but i'm sure you had a good insight on him um that was cool to see him you know the white Sox love to it's cool the network that the the white Sox have within indiana baseball honestly
3: yeah it's really cool especially you know he, he the scouting director for the White Sox, Mike Shirley, coaches the area code team. He picked the team, you know, and there's a reason he does that. You've got the Midwest guys have taken the first. I think Nick Plummer in 2015 went to the or he went in the first yeah, he round. Went to the Cardinals. But he was promoted. Yeah. yeah, but he was promoted by the White Sox, right? But he's on that team. And you get some other guys like Colson Montgomery now, who hey they see him in high school, they coach him, they're with him, and then he has a he blows up this spring and you take him in the first. So that's pretty cool.
2: I remember some of the dudes at that tryout back in back in high school, um, you know, at that Chicago White Sox area coach trial, like Carl Kaufman, you know, like ended up being a second round pick. Just like you could tell right away, like these guys are going to be absolute dudes, and yeah, like we saw them and they shoved shoved against us in college, but it's cool to see. Yeah, and then two things I have left is Jeremy. This might be
0: interesting. You've probably already seen it. One is that how the Angels went twenty for twenty on pitchers in this year's draft. Has that ever been done before? I, I I don't think it has. Yeah, that was awesome.
4: No, it it hasn't. I I saw that it it hadn't been done, which I think is kind of funny that they they did that. It's because the funny the funny thing to me is that um you hear all these uh, and these analysts on LB Network who are correct in saying like you should not be drafting for like organizational need because when these guys get to the majors you're going to have different organizational needs than now but like the angels have like fundamentally just been very very bad at developing and drafting and whatever it is just getting their own pitchers up to the majors so i love that the angels kind of like almost took that to like an extreme and be like you know what we're gonna try our absolute hardest to just develop pitchers and like <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> They're true if if it do, if it doesn't if none of these guys are like successful major league players you're gonna see a lot of people fired for like not doing their job because like i'm sure they're like they're i'm sure they're minor league like pitching coaches are like oh we just don't have the talent like you guys need to like you need to shift your focus and now like they shifted their focus like you have no excuses now they drafted every single pick to like be a pitcher and hope like make the majors like you gotta you gotta have some of these guys work out or else like you have a
3: problem yeah it is true <laughs> i'd imagine their gm sitting there like you know their schedule director's like what do you think this outfielder he's like no pitcher
2: (laughs) like 20 times in a row it's like that was funny Bert. when you really think about it like that it's like hey do you like i really love this high school outfielder at like 80 they're like ah well that's weird we're we're going with all pitchers so put your position player reports away it'd be really funny if they're like if they're
4: trying to like they're trying to like weed out like what the problem in their organization is. They're like, is it the pitchers that we're getting, or is it like, is it like our pitching coaches that are really bad? And like this is the test. They're like, we're gonna just give give them all the resources we have. Next year we'll draft twenty hitters and see if it's if it's our hitting coaches that don't know what they're doing or what. We're gonna put that on the spot and give them all the resources we can and just see what they can do with it.
2: Yeah, to be honest with you, it would just be it would make too much sense. You know, if you're in the Angels, uh, you know, front office after the draft and you look at your board and they're like, dude, you guys notice anything? Like the head scout is like, they're like, what? And he's like, we drafted all pitchers.
3: <laughs> I like to look at the undrafted free agent signings, too, which I think there's probably some there's some good players getting picked up right now, which is the draft in 20 rounds. Um, I think the Angels have also signed like seven catchers now. I need some catchers to catch those pitchers. Is a joke on Twitter. Do
5: you you think that the Angels went into the draft and were saying we're taking twenty pitchers, or do you think that's just you know they had a plan to draft a lot of pitchers and then maybe take some position guys? Uh, What did you guys think?
4: I think they wanted. I think they wanted like they wanted like fourteen pitchers, and then the other six were like we're drafting the best player on the board who also just happened to be a pitcher six times in a row or something like that. Like I don't think they wanted twenty, but I think they're like. We're gonna draft this many pitchers, but then they also just happened to have like pitchers who were the best player available, but they just couldn't dra- justify drafting a hitter or whatever I don't know,
3: yeah, yeah, they probably got to like eighteen and like let's just get some like or like actually they got like all college arms too, which is kind of crazy now I'm looking at it yeah nineteen nineteen pitchers, one high school prep kid, and was he early um I'm just saying so that's that's like night that's like twenty signings, you know, I think it'd be funny if they got to like you know, round 18, they're like, all right, let's get like, you know, some college guy or high school guy that's going to go to college. is just say we got 20, but no, they're signing 20 college pitchers, which is hilarious. Like, that's
5: awesome. That brings up, a, that brings in up another interesting part of the draft is going to be able to see who, uh, which high schoolers end up signing, which end up don't, and kind of going along the lines of, you know, how much uh, going to college has helped People will raise their draft stock later down the road and get uh, you know, placed into a better position uh, after three years of playing ball in college. Yeah. All right. Last thing I got, Cook, you're going to appreciate this for the draft. The Rockies, they selected
0: our guy, Joe Rock, baby, the legend out of Ohio. Shout out Jack Coney, but dream chaser, baby. Let's spin zone into the eyewash player of the week. I'm not sure if everyone's got one, Burt. You mentioned this earlier in the week. Go ahead and give us one.
3: Yeah, I mean, it was kind of blown up on Twitter. I think most people saw it. The Perfect Game National 60 times. A lot of lot of hype around this thing. So Perfect Game went ahead and tweeted out and that they had a world record 60 times. <laughs> Have two sides of this argument. One, that means that there's guys sitting there thinking, like, should we post it? They know it's a world record, you know? And two, like, if they actually have that data and it's showing, I mean, I guess they have to post it, right? So I don't, I'm baffled, but the kid is the fastest 55 meter um, indoor track athlete in the country, has the fastest time right now. And I watched the video and it's probably not a 5.97, but holy crap, that kid is fast, like unreal fast. It's it's more I watched the perfect game for just tweeting out a oh, world record. <laughs>
2: It was so nonchalant too. Like, hey, this guy ran a five nine six. He happens to be faster than Usain Bolt. So but here's the other guys who ran six ones. It's like what? Like, make a bigger deal about that. Like he's happens to be at the top of the leaderboard. Oh, nope. That's the fastest time in the world. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's
3: I looked up I did some like a little bit of a correlation here. Fifty-five meters is like fifty nine point something yards, and he ran like a six two fifty-five. Meter in track, so I think it's off for sure. And then the week before at another thing, he ran a six-two, so it's probably like six-two. But the balls on perfect game, man, just <laughs> to go for it. And also maybe just stir it up. Maybe they just want to stir it up. I don't know. I think they just want to stir the pot. Get relevant in prep. PBR is taken over, so perfect game when to get back in it. All right, who's next?
2: DP, you got one.
0: I got one. I hate to do this. Cole Calhoun. On the Diamondbacks is my Eyewash Player of the Week. Before we even had this podcast, before I even was you know, keeping in mind the Lunch Pail Hard Hat Player of the Week, Cole Calhoun had that award won every single day, every year. And it's sad to see. The game last night against the Cubs hits a ground ball to Rizzo. Rizzo throws home, gets the force out. And then the dude literally, I don't know if he had a brain fart, I don't know. He literally just sat. In halfway to first base didn't even run it out so it was just a double play
3: to me that was worse than the pirates thing that i think that was worse to me like he just forgot to go to first base he literally forgot
5: after he hit the ground ball to first rizzo threw it home like in the base path and so he like ducked out of the way i think he hit the deck and was on the ground but then yeah he still just didn't get up and run to first at all he called time and then i I think you can't call time if the
3: the play's not completed until you hit touch first, right? So they were like, no, you can't. And he's like, why? And then he looked, and he's sitting there. <laughs>
0: oh. And also, I, I know, for one, body shaming hurts because I get it on the daily. But he's looking fat, too. Ugh. Mixing a salad here, Cole. You're going downhill, man. Figure it out. I know you're on the DL. But all right. That's, that's my eyewash of the week.
2: It's been a brutal, brutal, brutal year for the Diamondbacks. Give them some slack.
3: Hey, we canceled them first. We, we They're deleted from the show, so no more talk
2: about them. Yeah, that's true. That's the last thing we're going to have.
5: My Eyewash Player of the Week, uh, I'm not going to name names. One, because I can't remember, and two, I don't want. I don't know. I just don't remember his name. But there was this dude before the draft that announced he, was, um, de- he declared that he wasn't entering the draft for the MLB. which which you don't even have to enter the draft so how do you why is he announcing that he's not entering the draft was just hilarious to me
2: i hate that so much i don't care dude you don't you didn't withdraw any forms any anything well i don't actually i don't know if you like remove like your mlb draft um like, player profile info, maybe. I don't think that you're doing that, though. It, that, that's just eyewash, dude. I,
3: no, you don't. No, it's, I mean, it's a good point. It's it's more of like, I mean, maybe it's something that feeds the ego. They can just tweet, I'm going to school, you know? Just do yeah. that. I'm going to school.
2: Yeah, you don't have to say I'm withdrawing from the draft. Exactly. They're fishing for likes. It's clickbait.
3: I also thought about um, removing myself from the draft this year, so...
2: Hey, man, I respect your decision, Bert. I know that couldn't have been easy.
3: <laughs> it was tough, but I did remove myself. I didn't tweet it, but I texted all the teams, told them.
2: <laughs> See, that's just, you're not ego-driven, man. You're such a good guy. Thanks, man.
5: <laughs> Dalton, I just, I just need to say, I think that the Yankees do have a shot, but you need to slow your roll a little bit. Um, I think I like your Phillies winning the World Series a little bit better than saying the Yankees are back. Billies are hot, baby. Roll DD. Let's go.
0: All right, Milo. I love it. Take us into the
5: banger of the week. Let's get out of here. All right. So for the banger of the week, it uh, kind of ties into the weekend that I had. Shout out to one of our friends and old teammates, Tanner Schumacher. He invited me down to uh, Huntington Beach to hang out with him and some of his friends. And we had a little bit of a little bit of tequila. So uh, our banger of the week is Tequila Little Time by John Party.
2: Oh, I love that. Great song. Take care, guys. See y'all next week, boys.